just me for the post-match show today. Um, I'm Tom Vergus and I'll be talking through some of my thoughts in the aftermath of the one-all draw to Chelsea in the Premier League, which leaves us second, joint top on points, um, only worse off by goal difference to Man City, who we play obviously at Anfield on Sunday. Um, I'll be joined later on in the show by Ollie Major, who's a friend of ours, who's also a Chelsea fan, season ticket holder, um, a goalkeeper, um, who'll give some of his thoughts on the game um, and hopefully give us a bit of a balanced opinion. Um, we asked him a few questions and asked him to go through some of his thoughts, having been at the ground um, and really share his thoughts on Liverpool as well, coming from an opposition fan. So you'll hear from Ollie later. Um, there's been mutterings around Chris's workplace that he's been too snowed under with work this week um, some may say that he's been watching Daniel Sturridge videos on repeat but I shall leave him to answer those concerns from his colleagues but anyway so um, good game that wasn't it I've got, and I've got to say as a neutral well sorry I'm, obviously I'm not a neutral but I've got to say had, having, um, having watched the game if you were a neutral what an advert for the Premier League that was two really good football sides going at each other um, playing the game how most fans like to see the game played really um, so to talk through the teams, we lined up, um, changed from the Carabao Cup game in the week, obviously. We went Allison in goal, Trent Alexander right back. Van Dijk passed a fitness test to partner Gomez in centre-back um, with Andy Robertson left back. Um, and then we had a midfield of Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner, um, who steered us really as a midfield trio towards the Champions League final uh, with the front three, who also did so. Um, so Salah started off the right today, which was... Um, sorry, on the weekend, which I was pleased to see Firmino up top and Mane coming in from the left. Chelsea lined up with new boy and world's most expensive keeper, Kepa Arizabagala, um, in goal. Um, Spanish listeners or those who have a better pronunciation than I do, let me know how I did. He was in the sticks. Uh, they had right back Cesar Azpilicueta. Um, they had Luis and Rudiger at centre-back. Rudiger also passed a late fitness test. I, was, I for one, was hoping he would be out. Um, and left-back Marcos Alonso, who always terrifies me, lining up against him. Um, in the midfield, they had a rather elegant trio of Jorginho, uh, Kovacic and Kante. Um, playing either side of Giroud, they had Willian and Hazard, though Hazard was at times nominally a left-sided midfielder. And I think this is one of the areas in which you've got to credit Sarri for his use of Eden Hazard and that phenomenal talent that Hazard undoubtedly is. Um, first reflections on the game I mean we began to think it last week and talk about it midweek I actually I hate to admit it but I, I quite like Sari. it's quite a nice change um, thinking back sort of over the past decade and beyond maybe decade and a half Chelsea have, have arguably been a sort of second tier rival of ours behind Everton and United um, and they've, they've always been quite easy to dislike um, Mourinho starting forget Renieri obviously everyone loves Renieri but uh, Mourinho starting off with that they had players who it was easy to dislike they had um, a succession of sort of Ancelotti and uh, obviously um, Gusidink coming in and doing bits all the while maintaining a bit of a a gnarly squad um, and I, I generally have really disliked Chelsea As, aside from the fact it's always a tough place to go I've generally disliked Chelsea um, they God, almost in a blasphemous manner disliked Rafa you've got to be on board with hating them for that um, but I've got to say since Sarri's come in um, 
they had quite a strange summer really they got in late in the day um it looked like it was going tits up for them really what with courtois being linked away they brought rob green in um i think we shared some photos of that and generally the football fans across the globe aside from chelsea fans had a bit of a laugh at chelsea's expense they were getting linked to jack butland it looked like kante might go to psg hazard was was as he always is linked away uh, Morata, whatever you say about him, it looked like he might go. Um, and William was looking like maybe going to Barcelona. So it was looking quite bleak. They were largely almost managerless. Um, and then they get in Sari, who immediately brings in Jorginho, who, as you know, as you've heard, um, if you listen to this show, Chris and I both very much like him and have had an eye on. And then in arguably the biggest piece of transfer dealing um, that they did in in one move was they they sold Courtois for 30 million and Kovacic on loan um, and they ended up getting in Kepa. So, I mean, their fortunes changed in terms of the outlook at the start of the season quite early on. And I think what they've developed there is a, is a squad who, who can all bring the best out of themselves in many ways. They've got very complementary looking players on paper, um, Jorginho, Kovacic, um, and then the runners off the forward. Um, you could argue, and, and we'll hear from Ollie later, um, you could argue that uh, they haven't strengthened where they need to, down the middle of the pitch. But genuinely, I honestly think Hazard could... I mean, I don't think it's even that wild a claim to say Hazard could possibly fire them to the league this season with his goals. I think they need contributions from the other lads. But but today, we'll really talk through some of the key points of the game um, and I've got to say, I mean, that's the sort of game you watch and it feels like you're 20 minutes in, half an hour in after five minutes. It was seriously um, a high-quality game with end-to-end football. Um, the possession stats don't necessarily reflect this, but I really felt like for essentially most of the game we were on top of them. Um, and if you like, the chances that they created were almost very Liverpool-esque chances. Um, so I'll, I'll start with their goal, really, because... Um, I've got to say that that's the sort of goal that you watch and you, ha- you have to really marvel at it. It was it was a really, really nice move. And it, I think it's the sort of the sort of goal um, which looks very training ground when you look at it. So there's lovely interplay in tight spaces between Kovacic and Jorginho to sort of evade our midfield triangles. And then the third man run from Hazard off the left um, and true to Hazard versus Liverpool form going back many, many years, even from his time um, his previous club he, he always plays well against us doesn't he um, and he scored in what was perhaps very unsurprising manner um, I was gutted as always when, when that goes in but it felt like it was against the run of play a bit um, I, I, I actually think we played pretty well in the first half you know it could have been a totally different story at half time um, had we put some chances away um, he's coming to a bit of criticism, but we'll come to discuss why. Um, but I actually think Mo Salah had a very good game um, in the first half particularly. And I think that that can easily be reflected by the fact that Marcos Alonso, who Sarri even said himself is arguably one of the best left-backs in the world, did all of his work in his own third and half, really. We, it was rare that um, Marcos Alonso advanced on, which is one of the, um, which is one of the main strings to Chelsea's bow, really. He was pegged back. I thought Salah was um, playing really well with his back to goal. He is strong. He finds space. He, he was keeping the ball a lot better than he did against PSG in the latter part of the game, which um, brought some criticism onto him. But he, he, he got into some really good situations. So um, He's obviously had the one-on-one, uh, which you can just look at and you can really class it as good play all round. Um, there was an argument in my mind in the split second that I saw it that he should have shot early, but I think Kepa forces him wide nicely. Um, 
And obviously Chelsea fans will be looking at that and thinking Rudiger's done a brilliant job, whilst we'll probably be looking at it and thinking he should have scored. Um, I think it asked a lot of him on his weak foot once he'd pushed wide, but it was generally a good move. Um, he's got another incident where he sort of finds himself some space in the box and lines up what looks like a well, almost a Salah trademark goal where he bends it into the postage stamp and he lined one of those up and ends up ballooning it way over. But the main one I was pleased with Salah about um, in retrospect really, not not at the time. At the time you think, oh, come on lad. But there's that one where he gets a bit of space um, and he's he could shoot at it, he could snatch at it, but he ends up lofting it over to Firmino and he gets the pass wrong, but it looked like he was going in the right direction um, and he was at least trying the right things. Firmino, I didn't think he had his brightest game, but then by virtue of the fact that Jorginho wasn't as, as uh, dominant as we'd perhaps feared or maybe thought he was going to be, you can perhaps read into that. Firmino does so much good work in those areas. Um, like, so lining up, we had we had our three who were the usual um, combative trio um, face, facing up against Kante and Jorginho. I thought, um, and Kovacic, pardon. I thought Kovacic, whilst he's impressive, I thought he faded a bit as the game went on. I don't really understand Kante in those advanced positions. Um, and in terms of nullifying our threat, we obviously had Mane coming in from the left, playing against who, for my money, is probably the right best right back in the league. I certainly think if you, if you don't consider Azpilicueta as one of the best defenders or even fullbacks in the league, then you probably haven't watched him play enough. He's he's a, a great player. Um, I think one thing I thought we could have done, um, I, I wasn't keen on the idea of Man, uh, Salah starting through the middle and Firmino off the left, as it looks like we've done a few times this season. But one thing I thought we could have done is perhaps try and shift the shape a bit and um, try Mane um, down Alonso's side. Salah was actually getting some joy outside of him as well as inside. Um, Mane has similar traits in some senses, but is almost a bit more unpredictable than Mo Salah at times. So... Yeah, I mean, we get, we go in one down. Um, it's frustrating. I felt like we'd had the better of the game. In in some ways, I still felt like we we could win that. I didn't necessarily. I I don't necessarily know if I thought we would, but in some ways, I felt like we could. Um, and then the second half comes out, um, and again, it's it's all us really. Chelsea are playing deep. Um, major moment in the second half when I began to think that things might not perhaps go our way was, was that Mane chance really when he, he somehow gets some space you can watch that again and it's hard to know how he's actually done it but he, he ends up firing a real quick shot perhaps unexpected to most observers um, and Kepper makes it what a brilliant save down to his right um, and I started to perhaps think that at that moment things might not be going our way Um then, of course, we've got the Shakiri substitute um, for Salah. It seems a strange thing to say, but it felt like the right thing to do at the time. And um, last season, we certainly wouldn't have been saying that bringing Mo Salah off when we're chasing lead was ever the right thing, however well he'd been playing. Um, but I think now in Shakiri, we've got a change who can change the way we play. And I thought Shakiri actually had a, uh, an excellent game. Um, Chris and I, as you know, are fans of Jordan Shakiri. Um, I think it says a lot about his mindset, how he's come back from the Southampton game, getting dragged and then getting bollocked on the pitch by Klopp or whatever it looked like, or at least coached very vigorously on the pitch by Klopp. Um, I think for him to come back, and he, he just looks so up for it. I, I'm, I'm gutted for him that he missed that chance that could have got us the point. 
Um, but I thought overall, aside from that miss, which was a difficult chance, but it's a lovely ball through to him. Um, he's made space quite nicely. I think, I think he had a, made a good impact. Um, and I think Klopp can certainly be justified in that substitution. As he can really with the Kaita and Sturridge substitutions. Obviously, I'll hold my thoughts on the Sturridge um, substitution because um, there's a lot to say on that, really. Um, but in terms of his uh, decision to bring Kaita on, I thought Naby Kaita was excellent when he came on. Um, there was a stat going around Twitter that he completed more um, dribbles and key passes than all of Chelsea's midfield did um, over the course of the 90, which... Cater seems to be developing a bit of a habit of doing this. He posts big numbers without necessarily looking like he's totally in the game. But I think a lot of that will come as he learns how we set up tactically. It's certainly a very unique role, I would say, playing in one of Klopp's midfield three positions. Um, you're almost an auxiliary left-back, an auxiliary left-wing forward on Cater's side um, with a variety of jobs to do but it, I mean Cater looks like he's got such a complete skill set um, and as, as I said on Twitter I'm dead excited to watch him play again um, and I think he'll play against Napoli for Daniel Sturridge to score that goal at Chelsea was just pure 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 vindication for both his and Klopp's efforts really I think I think um, I was just talking about this with some other Liverpool fans before pressing record and um, we were all fairly agreed in agreement that we thought Sturridge was done um, really when he went to West Brom particularly when he it didn't really work out for him there now there's an argument that injuries have forced this a little bit but you know I think it, had he stayed fit I would have expected him to score goals at West Brom who, who knows what would have happened then but certainly before pre-season who would, who would have thought Daniel Sturridge would have four goals at this point in the season and, and crucial goals as well I know we went out of the Carabao Cup but that could have been a different story that could have been the winner for Daniel Sturridge he could easily have had two on that day he scored a crucial goal against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League and started and justified Klopp's decision to start him, playing 90 minutes, which again, no one thought he would really do. And then he ends up scoring that. It, it's a Daniel Sturridge goal. I mean, we've seen Daniel Sturridge go from the spectacular to the sublime, um, really, over the course of his Liverpool career. Um, and the thing, the thing you've got to say about Sturridge, really, is he, he's got goals, Daniel Sturridge. Like, however well you say he's playing, and I think there's even an argument to say he didn't play that well in midweek. You could argue that he didn't have the best of games um, against PSG in some senses. I mean, uh, Klopp praised him for the work off the ball. But, you, I mean, you could, you could argue that he's not the same potent striker he used to be. But his, his goals and even chance creation just speaks for themselves. Daniel Sturridge has a nose for goal. That, that is the bottom line to it, really. And it's, it's, it's class to have him back in the squad. Um, <laughs> I saw some funny stuff going around on Twitter, uh, following on from Alisson's potential appearance on Pornhub, which has uh, evidently been refuted, but some, a Liverpool fan posted the Sturridge goal on uh, Pornhub, and sorry to any uh, listeners who may be offended, but the um, the caption said, uh, big black man returns to X's house and comes on her face from 30 yards. <laughs> I thought that tickled me. Um, but what we'll do now is um, we'll go over to Oli Major and get his thoughts from the ground. Um, he's recorded these after the game, obviously, but he was at he was at the game and, and we went to him with some questions. But um, over to you anyway, Oli. Hi guys, I'm Oli, a friend of Chris and Tom's, and I'm a season ticket holder at Chelsea. The two hosts of the Red Debate have asked me for a little input on this weekend's match for a bit of perspective from the other side of the fence. Uh, firstly, I thought it was a fair result. Obviously, from a Chelsea point of view, walking out the ground felt like a loss given the nature of the late goal. It was a bit frustrating way to concede, 
not because of Sturridge, who I've never really had an issue with, but more because we'd resisted some intense pressure, hadn't really been cut open on too many occasions, and then conceded to a 30-yard wonder goal. I thought it was a great game of football, both sides showing real quality. The first half was quite even, I thought we just edged it, with Hazard scoring another quality goal. Uh, I really think he's the best player in the league. Um, Liverpool fans may disagree. Uh, we are so reliant on him. His big game record's superb. He seems to score against all the top teams. He's really thriving under Sarri, who's given him freedom that previous managers haven't. And I don't think it's beyond him to get 25 league goals this year, maybe. He's certainly a contender for the golden boot. Uh, I wonder if Chris still thinks that Coutinho is better than him. The second half, Liverpool were in control, despite the odd chance on the break. The last 15 minutes really felt like we were just desperately trying to run the clock down. Uh, we couldn't beat the press anymore, we couldn't pass our way out, and we found ourselves pinned back and swamped. I kind of assumed the goal was coming, and it just got to the point where I started to believe that we might hold out, and then Sturridge banged that superb strike into the top corner. Uh, as a keeper myself, uh, occasionally making cameo appearances in Chris and Tom's five-a-side team, I wanted to mention a little on the two goalies, who I thought were both fantastic. It's no secret that Liverpool have required a top-class keeper for some time, and arguably haven't had one since Pepe Reina, which seems a long time ago. Uh, but I think they've definitely got one now. I'm always sceptical of a goalie who wears bright pink short-sleeved top. Uh, Alison Allison did this weekend, but... He appears super confident and he made some big saves from William and Hazard and he swept well on the back and his distribution was as good as it has been so far this season. I know some people might think that he could have done better with a goal but I disagree. Um, it's hit at pace across him into the far corner. It's so hard to move your weight across and react that quickly to get down that low and I think the fact that he actually gets a tiny touch in it maybe ends up doing more harm to him because people assume he should save it. If he hadn't got anywhere near it, then people would probably just say it was a great finish. Uh, I sit behind that goal and the ball ended up hitting the net, like behind the far post into the inside netting. So it was literally right in the corner. Uh, for ourselves, it's the opposite. We've had a keeper for the last couple of years who's generally considered to be probably in the top five in the world. Um, we obviously paid big money for Kepa this summer, who I must admit didn't really know a lot about. Um, still, after a few games, I've not really made my mind up on him because he hadn't really had a lot to do in the opening few matches that we had. Um, but I've been really impressed with him. West Ham away was good, and on Saturday was really good. Uh, some people sitting near me think he should have saved the Sturridge goal, which I think is madness. Um, Others also claim that he's too small because they're used to seeing Courtois, who's obviously massive. Uh, I think a good point, though, is if you're saying that he should have saved that because he's too tall, I think you would say that Courtois probably wouldn't have saved the Mane near post-strike, which was a great save. He got down really, really quickly um, and pushed that around the post. I'll end with a little bit on Liverpool, um, who, as much as it pains me to say, I was really impressed with. Uh, I was unhappy to see that Van Dijk had made it in time to start because I think he's probably the best centre-back in the league. Uh, he was great. Um, it's no secret that our centre-forwards are probably our weakness, but he controlled, totally controlled Giroud, who was usually at least physically a handful, if nothing else. And um, Van Dijk brought the ball out well. His distribution was good. 
the two players that probably impressed me the most though were the fullbacks, uh, Alexander Arnold and Robertson, who caused us all sorts of problems and they whipped in a couple of great balls. I seem to remember one from Robertson, which Shakiri really should have done better with, but it was just perfectly weighted and in the perfect area. I think Klopp should have taken more stick than he did for not addressing the goalkeeper issue a couple of seasons ago, as I thought it was glaringly obvious that Milanay wasn't good enough and then Karius wasn't. But what he has done with the defence is impressive. If you consider who he who was there when he first started, now you've got Gomez, Robertson and Trent, who 18 months ago most people wouldn't have heard of, and now they all look like top international players. I do think there's a little bit of a weakness in the back line, uh, playing in behind them. David Luiz created a couple of good chances when playing long 50-yard spraying passes, um, which really... We shouldn't be allowed to do that and get in behind that way. Uh, so they need to learn to deal with that better as it would be a weak way to concede a goal. Uh, this is actually also how we scored. Not quite from a long ball, but it was quick interchange and then one ball and we were down the middle through again. Um, there's a lot of space if teams do manage to pre- uh, beat the press in the front four, but I don't think there's too many teams that are going to be able to do that because there aren't too many teams that are capable of consistently playing out from the back and avoiding that. I still think City are the team to beat and I haven't seen anything to convince me that they won't be winning it come May. But Liverpool are definite contenders and surprisingly it appears that we might be as well. Though I think our issues up front will probably see us fall away. I said pre-season I thought the top four would be City, Liverpool, Spurs and Chelsea and I'm sticking with that. But I think now maybe Spurs could be fourth and we could be third. Cheers guys. Yeah, thanks very much, Ollie. Um, lovely to hear your thoughts on that on that game, and it's it's really nice to hear some positives um, about Liverpool. One of the points that I managed to gloss somehow is the um, the impact that Virgil Van Dijk has. Um, I would say that Ollie's recognition of him is perhaps um, uh, influenced a little bit by being friends with us and obviously listening to our show. Um, but it, it is nice to hear opposition fans recognise Van Dijk for the supreme player that he is. Um, I, I've got to say, I, I was equally no, perhaps not equally disappointed. That's probably overdoing it. But I was disappointed to hear that Rudiger was starting. Um, I've I have changed my tact on tune on Rudiger. I, I wasn't a fan when he first came, and I was surprised that he was starting ahead of Christensen, who I rate. Um, but uh, yeah, he started the season really well, and he's been getting good reports. It was I was gutted to see him play. But yeah, I think it, Gomez and um, Van Dijk are just such easy on the eye footballers. The the way they just shut closed down Willian, who's regarded as one of the speediest wingers in the league was almost nonchalant um, the way they carry the ball almost at more more ease than, than Van Dijk Gomez steps his man he's got this lovely move of sort of showing as though he's going to pass right and then dropping his left shoulder and carrying the ball up the pitch five yards um, and of course the Van Dijk uh, arrowed passes into Trent um, I was I was again pleased to hear Ollie um, give recognition to Trent and Robertson I think they are also Becoming so highly regarded by our position fans, um, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Trent being targeted um, by opposition fans. Now I think it's comfortable to say that Trent gave Hazard something else to think about, and certainly Alonso. Um, that's becoming such an outball for us. That Van Dyke over to Trent, it's 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 like they can both distribute it and receive it in their sleep. Um, but yeah, and of course, Ollie's thoughts on the goalkeeping issue again. That was nice to hear. Um, 
how uh, I hadn't really thought about that one. The the arguments about Kepa's size at, at first glance, I don't really know if I'd agree on him seeming small. But of course, Courtois is huge, isn't he? Um, and you, whilst as Ollie said, you could argue that <laughs> Sturridge doesn't lob, stroke, find the far corner um, past Courtois. Um, you could also argue that Kep. Kepa makes a save from Mane that Courtois may not have done. Um, I think Kepa looked quite comfortable on the ball as well, actually, um, which is becoming more and more a factor of the modern game, as we know. But anyway, that, that's that's our thoughts on the Chelsea game, really. Um, and what I've got to say is, going into the City game, um, which is the end of this dreaded run, obviously we go to Napoli on Wednesday night, uh, but going into the City game, you like you could barely have asked for more in terms of points on the board. Um Add to the fact that it still seems like we've got so much in reserve. Um, and I was I was asked by a listener uh, to have a look actually at our form going into the games with City last season, which have become a turning point in our well, you know pinnacle of last season really. Um, so looking into things going into the Champions League games with City in April. Uh, between which we obviously had the Merseyside derby, but we we almost played a bye on that one, starting Ings and Solanke. Um, going into the the first, going into those games in April, um, we uh, had three games back, lost two one at Old Trafford. Um, then we won five 0 against Watford, um, and then we won two one away against Palace. Um, so we went in in reasonable form. I would say, thinking back, we were probably in more free flowing goal scoring form then um, than we are now um, but but that said it, even despite a very late goal against Chelsea I think the, the chance creation that we're um, putting up is it's just remarkable like I never ever watch us and think we won't score um, I always think we'll score so in terms in terms of the City game um, I, th- I, th- I mean I think we'll score I think we'll cause them problems um, you might hear more from us on uh, the City game prior to it um, but it looks at this point like Aguero might be out. It looks like they might be having problems at left back with um, Delph and Mendy looking uncertain. So someone like Zinchenko or Danilo might come in. Um, and I, I would be worried if I was a City fan. Um, De Bruyne's not back. If you're looking at playing Ch- uh, City without De Bruyne and Aguero, who are arguably two of the best players in the world, let alone league, let alone in their team, it's a different proposition. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm confident in that. If 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 we don't lose... Not losing is prime primary for me, um, really, and I think most fans would be in agreement. Um, that said, I, th- I, I think if we're going to win this league, we have to win there, really. Um, and I think Klopp will be telling the players this is a chance. Um, in terms of how we line up against City, I would certainly play the front three in their usual iteration with Salah off the right and Firmino through the middle. Um, playing on the shoulder of his old buddy Fernandinho. Um, in the midfield, I would be very tempted to play with Genie in the six. Um, I thought Genie had a really good game against Chelsea, actually. Um, aside from the back pass, which you know, it is what it is. I thought one Eldon had an excellent game um, there uh, at Anfield against City. It seems tailor made for him. He, he he's a bit more um, available on the ball and a bit more um, assured on the ball than Henderson at times in these frenetic games, which the City game undoubtedly will be. Add to that, I think Henderson makes a good change, and I think Henderson has shown to be made a good change several times this season. I'm not as convinced by Wijnaldum off the bench. Um, the option of a player off the bench was what made me think twice about whether I want Naby Keita from the start, because I think Keita has a real change in sort of attributes that he brings to us, um, and I think that could be useful at, 
um, against City. But I, I personally would like to see Kater play against Napoli and I think he will probably play himself into the team at City. Um, for, for the Napoli lineup, who knows how we'll go. I'd be surprised if Klopp weakened it too greatly. Don't necessarily know how Van Dijk will be. He, um, he took the um, wholly expected shove um, and battering ram treatment from Giroud. Um, I mean, that was always going to happen. He takes a big knock from Giroud there. I don't know if he'll be fit, who knows. But um, I wouldn't be too surprised to see maybe a Kaita, maybe a Firmino, maybe a Shakiri, maybe a Sturridge. I would be stunned if it's all four of them, but two or three of those four. Um, and then Dejan Lovren um, in at centre-back wouldn't surprise me. But I think the full-backs will play, I think, gosh... Two of the front three will definitely play. Who gets a rest? I don't know. Um, but anyway, all, all I can say is it's exciting times to be a Liverpool fan, as we seem to be saying week in, week out on this show. Um, it really is. We've come through this run fairly unscathed to this point, touch wood, and it really, like I say, looks like we've got more to go. Um, but you shall hear more from us in due course. Um, hopefully Chris will be back from the next one um, and he'll have some of his thoughts to share. But thanks for listening. Uh, we've been The Red Debate. Get us on Twitter, at The Red Debate, if you haven't already, or head to our website, theredebate.com. Thanks. <laughs>